All right. We are back from Erie, Pennsylvania. It felt like we were there for a long time. Sure did. I, I don't, I don't, even though we weren't there for a long time, I think it just feels like it because we've been road warriors, man. I mean, it was, it was, uh, these last, yeah. what, almost, almost four weekends straight, right? Starting with Topeka. And then I think we had a week off and then Miami and then Fort Worth and then, uh, Erie. So it's been either four and five weeks or four and six weeks. I don't know, but, so I think I think that's why Erie felt so long. We we're only up there for what about four days or so. But no, I was there from Wednesday to Monday. Yeah, I guess I got there Wednesday too. That's right. We went up Wednesday because I flew up with Stacy. We stayed in Cleveland on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. And, so it was uh, it was a while. You're right. So what? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So it was like five days, and I didn't go. So I left. Monday, yeah. So almost six yeah. days. Yeah, man. It was, it was a trek. We so were up there a while. It was long. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I like Erie. That's one of my favorite stops. Oddly enough, it's a great venue. I I I, uh, I have my own opinions on um, separating the broadcast court from the people. Yep. Um, I, I would like to have figured out a way, like we used to do, of having everything together. Um, this goes back to something that we talked about on previous shows. Like like we got to start taking the game to the people, and this is like I feel like this is the third week in a row we've taken the taken the game away from the people. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, so it would have been good to have all the people are. I mean, who do you want the people to be? Because the people that are playing, you know, yeah. I mean, I think taking the game to the people, I think the effort was to take it to the other people, but I don't know if they're really ready to jump in on a cornhole tournament yet. So, yeah, I was, it's funny because I was talking to Stacy. I'm like, um, he and I had some great talks, by the way. Uh, I mean, you and I, you and I voiced a lot of our opinions, on things that we could maybe do differently or do better in last mm-hmm. week's show before the national. And uh, you're wondering, really, I, that probably more me wondering how that would be received. And Stacy and I had uh, plenty of time to talk. And I told him, I mean, that's the great thing. I mean, there's nothing that we say on this show that we wouldn't say to Stacy or Trey or sure. Fred's face. I mean, there's just, just, you know, and we do, we discuss a lot of things behind the scenes. So pretty much everything that you and I talked about on last week's show I brought up a Stacy and I mean, they are, they are lockstep might be, might be too much of a stretch, but they're pretty much right there with everything that we said. But one of the things we were talking about is, is, is going to the people. I mean, we got to start taking the game, you know, onto the streets basically. And I, I told Stacy, I'm like, have you ever thought about going to a mall? And I mean, I was just kind of half joking. He's like, actually, we, yeah, he, he said, we have. We've thought about maybe doing something like in Mall of America or some of the like the big fancy malls, you know, doing something there to mm-hmm. where we have a chance as a sport to catch people walking by. Because as you and I talked about last week, so we, I mean, we don't really need to beat a dead horse, but you know, when we have these when we have these events that are not near a community or not near other events, it's really tough to get people out there. So, but he said, yeah, he said they're definitely thinking about that. But you know, I mean, we just need to be creative. I mean, Kathy and I were talking about it. You know, a great place to hold it would be at the Citadel here in Charleston. Those cadets at the Citadel, if, if we told them that we would have a championship game on a Saturday, that place would be packed, their gymnasium, and have it have it in front of have it in front of our, you know, some of our future business leaders and military stars. They would absolutely love that stuff. But you know, malls, whatever. Just just be creative. I hear you. I thought it was interesting that Stacey was kind of thinking the same thing. But I, I'm know, sure. I mean, I, I, I know he's talked about stuff. I mean, I, it, yeah. it, it, it's tough. It's, it, it's, it's all about money. 
basically. Yep. But everyone who it's sees the game way. loves the game. Yeah, I mean, really, it's it, it seems like everyone who gets around it has a great time. We so. we had uh, I don't know if you were aware of this, but in the area we had, especially on the first teams night, there was a decent crowd of folks that weren't players there that were up top, and unfortunately, they didn't get the best representation of the game. There were some there were some rough starts to those games, and I mean, you could hear them. I mean, you guys had your headsets on, so you couldn't hear them, but they were they they were not impressed with what they were seeing. And so that's why that, that like what part they they just, I mean, you're, they just players weren't playing well. I mean, it was a oh. dirty game that no one was, you know, it just wasn't played well. And you could hear him going, well, I mean, this isn't hard. <laughs> I can do that. You can hear him yelling from, you know, so they, right? they, they, yeah, they, they weren't getting the best representation of the game. Unfortunately, I forgot who was playing, but it wasn't any of their best games. And it just yeah. looked, it looked bad. Well, can I, along those lines, <laughs> quickly say something, or maybe not so quickly say something? I, and I'm going to I'm going to retweet it, and I'm going to uh, add my little comment to it today. Mm-hmm. Tony Smith, right? We used mm-hmm. to talk about Tony and and Eric Davis, or at least I did, almost in the same breath, right? With, with right. A similar style of game. So, sure. who went to a little bit faster bag, and mm-hmm. then even to a little bit faster bag yet? Tony Smith. Yeah. And guess who hit 74 of his 80 bags? Sure. He doubles major championship victory. Yeah. Smith. And guess who is now back-to-back uh, career title winners because of making this change to a little bit more hole-friendly, a little bit slider, a little bit faster bag? Tony Smith. Yeah. And I guess hear you, man. Who made that adjustment? Eric Davis. And yeah. it I'd say all the time, and I will, I will fight and debate this until the end. At the end of the day, just like the fans at Erie, the goal of the sport is to put the damn bag in the hole. And those who do it the most <laughs> win. It's that freaking simple. Yeah. Tony Smith made the change, hitting more bags in, back-to-back winners now, shootout and a damn major champion. Unbelievable. National. Who champion. knew, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's big. I I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I I think that he still has the ability to do other things and that's the beauty of it. Like, I think all those guys and, and, and and what we're dealing with is professional boredom in a way. I mean, a lot of those guys, you know, if you ask them like, yeah, I can throw 40 bags in a row. Everyone out here can. It was like, Oh, then do it. I I think some of them get bored with that and they would rather play a different way because it's more, it's more, it's more fun. I mean, I think it, I think the end of the day, the object is to score more points to get to 21 first. And however you do that better, I think some people can debate it. But I, I think you're right. I mean, I think some of the older players that want to play a dirty game need to need to be a little bit more whole friendly with how they play. I think it would help them. I mean, I think that's where the game is. The game right now, the best players can play, like we've said 100 times, all, you know, they're five tool players. Yeah. They can throw the bag in the hole. They can block. They can roll. They can, you know, throw air. Mail, they can do all of it. They're not just specialists. And I think Tony Smith is a perfect example of someone that was all the way on the other side, right? He was all the way on the other side of the dirty, you know, first bag's always going to be a block and it's going to be a dirty style. And I think he's realized I, I'm good enough at all that other stuff that if I just throw bags in the hole, I'm going to win. I'm going to be so hard to beat. How do you beat me if I'm playing well? Right. I mean, like, and that's, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, he look did at it. 74 yeah. of 80 in the hole. Yeah. And, uh, and got a big win on the double side. So. And I think he knew he was going to have to put bags in against Mark. And I felt like it was almost him saying, you know what, Mark, you're not the only one out here that can fill it up. I'm just going to go right with you and you're going to have to keep up with me. And then I, I think yeah. he was also kind of hoping uh, his partner would put some pressure on the other end. Cause that, that end was a little different. It got a little, you know, a little dirtier, but it was, it was something to behold. I mean, a lot of people are still talking about that as one of the best matches of all time. So. Yeah. So, so for, for Jade and uh, other, other people out there, although Jade was probably watching, but for people who may have missed it. So 30, nine rounds it was like three over 300 and something combined bags that were thrown in our in our uh national so our major doubles final uh one by one by tony and and jacob against mark and phillips so i mean j- just one of the all-time epic broadcast court matches for sure and i, th- I think my yeah. favorite bag as big as that backside air was by philip I yep. think my favorite bag was 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 the one thrown maybe I don't know three or four rounds earlier by Philip, the one that went into the hole, stopped, and then went in. I mean that one was just remarkable. Oh, yeah. I mean the the yeah. fact that it stopped and then started again to finish off that round, uh, and again it, it was, was another uh... it, was, it was another must have bag. I mean there there's just so many clutch clutch shots, and that's that's what I I mean those moments of the game are the ones that I love the most. And again, going back to, to what we were just talking about, you know, again, I appreciate the dirty game. I appreciate the roll bags and the cuts and all that kind of stuff. But when you get into those long round where, where every single bag in matters and, you know, we each have four bags, you hit your first three, right. Mm-hmm. And, and the game's on the line. It's 21, 20, 21, 19, whatever. I mean, you, 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 you have to be perfect. I love that when no one can miss a bag, you know, or you have to block each other out, wash each other out. There's yeah. so much pressure on that last bag. I mean, and the fact that all four of them were in that situation multiple times oh, where yeah. they had to be perfect. You know, the first three are in by each of us. You throw yours and hit yours, right? Now all I the pressure like, I felt in the like world were... on national TV is on me to hit yeah. my final bag, and I do it. I mean, the fact that those guys do it, uh, under so much pressure, I just absolutely love it. I, I mean, it makes me nervous just watching it, just calling it on TV. Yeah, it's. I think Mark and Philip were under a four or five rounds where they had to hit last bag to uh, to continue, yeah. and that was that was fun. It, it was it was fun to be there actually because you could feel the crowd. The we did have a decent crowd for the uh, for that night. There was a good crowd in there, like because everybody wanted to see who would win doubles and singles. But it was, it was a lot of fun in there. It really was. It was a lot of fun, especially once we got deep into the match. I mean, and it's kind of one of those matches that if you go back and watch, it kind of starts off kind of slow. I felt things are kind of happening, you know, players just kind of feeling each other out. And then all of a sudden, once it got deep into, you know, once it got both teams got past fifteen, it really the pressure and you could feel the pressure in the building. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, Trey caught a, I think it was Trey who caught a clip early when he was watching it back of Tony Smith. I think it was, I think it was round three. Tony and Mark um, washed it out with double four baggers and Tony under his breath made some comment along the lines of, man, we're going to be here all night. Yep. <laughs> and little did he know that yeah. that was round three of what was going to become 39 rounds and over 300 bags. That was just- He knew. 
I mean, he knew. Yeah. I mean, Mark. He knew Mark wasn't going to miss. You know, like wasn't going to score a ton of points on Mark. Got a few yeah. here, a few there. I mean, that was that was fun. It was really fun to watch. It, um, I was actually super impressed with Tony Smith, to be honest with you. Yeah. And I'll tell you why later. I mean, going when we go through our our uh, power rankings, I'll tell you why I was so impressed with him that night. Ah, a little tease. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, I don't know how much how much cornhole you want to talk, if there's anything else you want to talk about, but just just one more thing on the weekend. Um, and I, I like getting your thoughts on this because uh, for those who don't know, again, who watch the show, so Bernie does um, basically at these major tournaments, there are four huge brackets. I mean, there's 256 pros, right? Mm-hmm. And so you basically get four brackets and it's it's like four ncaa tournament brackets i mean they're large brackets and each one of those brackets is live streamed so so we don't get a chance to see them all but you got a, ch- a chance to follow one entire bracket yep. and uh and, and i hop on for a couple hours and, and try and help out and then i get to you know walk around a little bit and you know going back to shows that you know before the season even started you know i i, I made the comment that i wanted to see greatness in this sport right i don't want to see bags off the board I got to tell you, Bernie, walking around this weekend um, and doing doing some of you know a little bit of the live streaming I did with you. I'd love to get your thoughts on it, but I feel like I truly saw greatness. Like I, like I was giddy. It didn't matter what court I was standing by. I mm-hmm. really saw some great matches. Not all of them. Not all of them. It's it's a hard sport, and there's a lot of really good players. I get it. But man, did I really see a high level of play? Yeah, which is really I- what I want to see because when the fans do start to come out. I want them to be impressed. Like we've yeah. talked about, when I go to an NBA game, I want to see them dunk and hit three-pointers. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I, 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 I do. You know, and, and we want, we, we've talked about this before with other sports. And when, when I go watch a cornhole game, I want to see them banging in you know, bags from 27 feet away and hitting those roll shots and hitting the air mails. And, man, I just, I just thought that the level of play was so high. It was really fun to watch. Yeah, sometimes I mean I think we got blessed with one of those matches on TV for du- that doubles championship, but yeah. the other matches that night were not great, right? Yeah. I mean, kind of. No, I, mean, I meant more behind the scenes. You're right. No, no, no. And what I'm going to say is, some a lot of times the best matches you will ever see happen on on, on the play, like as they're as they're playing in and on the floor. Yeah. You'll see some of the best matches of your life out there, and the shot making. Yeah. There was about a two and a half hour stretch in our bracket where the shot making was unreal on streaming. It was unreal. It really was. I got Jimmy humans and I think he may have been Tony. I can't remember who he was playing. It was unreal. The shot making. I mean, it was airmail after airmail. They were putting each other in crazy, you know, positions. It was, it was fun to watch. It was a lot of great cornhole. We saw Ryan Windsor get hot for a while too, didn't we? Yes. Yes, we did. Windsor made a huge push through our bracket. Had Devin Harbaugh in my bracket. We had bracket B, I think it was, and we had Harbaugh, Windsor, Tony Smith, Jimmy Humans, uh, just to name a few. There were there were several others in that bracket that uh, it was it was. Look, Cheyenne was there, but she was dispensed fairly quickly. So it was uh, it it was it was impressive to watch. And Fisher Hamilton, and as the bracket kind of wore oh, yeah. down, Alex Rawls also in that bracket. I mean, it was. Yeah, I think Alex was in. The, yeah, it was. Yeah, Alex is. Yeah, Alex was, crazy. In, uh, was in our bracket. Yeah, yeah. He, he was in that bracket as well. Yeah, it was. Um, it was crazy. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that you kind of had that same feeling and just walking around. You know, some some people from other brackets. Jamie Graham had it going. Caleb mm-hmm. Batson. Holy cow, Caleb Batson yep. really had it going. Jake uh, Gore again. Alan Rawls like, again. Golly. 
<laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Both, both Alex and, and Alan great weekends again, but yeah, I just, I just felt like there were so many players who just really had it going. Yeah. It was, uh, uh it was special to watch. Um, so teams play, um, it, it'll be interesting next year to, uh, tweak how we go forward with teams play, because the only thing that's been negative about teams play has been the fact that, and this is only, and this is just, this is just a TV problem. This, this has really nothing to do with, with the sport. It's just going to need to be tweaked because of TV. But right mm-hmm. now we have teams play in the sport of cornhole. Um, it's a best of seven series, which is fine. Everyone does that, right? Everyone does best of seven. But the problem is when you have a two-hour TV window to fill and someone goes 4-0, yeah. you're done after an hour. And you're like, holy right. sheesh, what are we going to do for the next hour? What right. are we going to talk about? So so we have to play out all the matches anyway, even though... Even though well, they play for money. Out. They play all those matches yeah. for money, but yeah. Yeah. So, so next year they're going to tweak it a little bit so that so that so that every single game is worth a little bit more, because right now right. what means most is if you win, you know, four out of seven. First, I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how. Like, because when you start doing that, though, you end up playing two different games, right? You're playing best best of seven, and then you're playing most money. So I don't know how they've got to figure out a way to do it. Yeah, there's. I, there's I, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it actually. Yeah, th- this was actually something else that Stacy and I talked about, and Trey and I also talked about a little bit. They- they're thinking about maybe there's a couple different, uh, and again, they're going to have to talk through it, and we've got plenty of time because nothing can mm-hmm. be done until next year. But sure. two two uh, prevailing thoughts are one, make every game work uh, just worth worth a win, just like in baseball. So you just have an overall record, and then and then you pick out however many teams you want for your you know you take your division winners, you take your wild cards, you do whatever you know you're playing games however you want to do it. But mm-hmm. every game is worth is worth one win, and you know we still play seven, but it's almost like it's almost like it's like it's almost like yeah, it's like watching a baseball series, right? You know, it, you. it doesn't it doesn't really matter. You know, if if it's a if in a baseball, it's a four game series. It doesn't matter if you mm-hmm. win three out of four. I mean, you're trying to win all four. You're just getting wins. So right. there's a thought of just 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 making every game worth one win, and then and then there's another one that's a little bit more difficult that that I've kind of proposed, and 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 again, I've got to even figure it out myself. Is if you want to if you want to to maintain the best of seven. So right now we have four divisions, right? And each yep. division has four teams. So whoever wins the best of seven does get that win to go towards your division ranking. Mm-hmm. And instead of right now, eight of the 16 teams make the playoffs and the top two division, the top two teams in the division um, are the ones who qualify. So instead make that best of seven worth a point in your division, but only take the, only take the division winners and then, and then, and then take your overall wins in each mm-hmm. different match to take the next four or the next six and, and do it that way. Again, again, it's just some things that, that need to be talked, talked through just, just to make sure that every single game is, is important. So a couple different ways to do it, but right, but right now, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's making a little bit difficult because you're right. I mean, every game is, every game is worth some little, little bit of money and and it's, and it's worth a win and it will help with the tiebreaker, but they want to make, they want to make every game better. So but, and quite frankly, I mean, you know, it's funny, but you've seen some people step up like when we have our teams broadcast, that's really, if we're being honest, the only chance of some of those players ever really getting to the broadcast court, unless they just have a weekend of all weekends for them. Right. 
This will be their – they have to take advantage of it because I've seen some players that are really good players that do not look like it when they get to the broadcast court. I know it's different. The boards are different. It's, it's, a, it's a different feeling under the lights. It's different. I get it. Some people have stepped up to it, and some people have definitely cowered from it, and it's tough. Yeah, because and it, and it hurt. And I'm telling you, it hurt the sport a little bit because we had some people in some local. What do you call someone from Erie? An Erieite? What? What? what we had That's some local Erieans. I have we had no some local idea. E- Erieans in there, and they were just like, <laughs> "What is this? This is nonsense." I mean, put the bag in the hole. This is ridiculous. I mean, you could hear them yelling, and it was like, "Oh, too that bad." Is, that is an interesting point, Bernie. I mean, we got 16 teams across the country, 16 players on each one, and it really mm-hmm. is. It, you mean that's your chance for we, some we, of those players? That's your chance. We've, we've got some really good players. I mean, we talk about these top 50 to 100 players, but you're right. You start getting down to player number 188, player number 200. And They're yeah, still sometimes. really good players. It's just that's part of the problem. How do they handle pressure situations? Right. right? What, yeah. What's keeping them down there is when they have to play in big tournaments. What's, you know, you know what I mean? Like, and it's, yeah. it's, it's different. And here's your opportunity to shine. Some people step up and you see it like you'll see a player. We saw some PDC players, for example, in teams play really well, you know, and so that yep. was awesome to see. And then we saw some of our pros not play so well. And so it's got to got to got to step up when the chance is there. So yeah, you're right. Sp- speaking of teams, um, and then and we'll move on from teams. I really do. I really do like teams. And, and one of the things that, that I really like is the strategy behind how you're going to set your lineup. Sure. Right. And again, for those who don't know, so there's 16 teams, 16 players, um, but only 14 will play because you have seven matches. So best of seven. So you you, you got your seven matches and um, it's kind of a snake order uh, lineup set is kind of how Stacy described it. But basically, if you and I, if I'm the team captain for one team, and you're the team captain for the other. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we flip a coin or whatever and decide who who decides, who, you know, who they're going to throw first. So let's say, let's say it's me. So I'm like, okay, so I need to decide, am I going to put my A team first? Am I going to put my franchise players, my captain, you know, my captains, uh, the captains of my team, the top players in the world, the top players on my team, my highest round draft picks, whatever. Am I going to throw them first to try and get out to an early lead or do I want to sandbag those guys? Right. Right. So it's up to me to decide that. So let's say I go with my A team. Then you get to decide, okay, do you want to counter with your A team or do you want to maybe counter with maybe one that's not quite your A team, but but maybe a little bit less and maybe see sure. if you can sneak a win, but then save that team for later when you really need a win. So it's really interesting the strategy behind it, right? I, I think it's I think it's huge. And like I think it's do you keep some of those massive teams together? I think sometimes I've noticed some teams that should have probably split some teams up. Like, you know what? Instead of one great team, take this player, put them with a solid person. Take this player, put them with a solid person. Yes. Now you've got two really good teams instead of just one great team. It just yeah, there's right. strategy there that some some are handling well and some are not. So great. so here so here's what happened um, on uh, uh, for for the Woodchucks. So this would have been Sunday's teams broadcast, and and Jimmy Humans, if this is you. Brother, I'm 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 not, I'm not hating on you. I'm just saying I'm just saying I would love to know, and I'm I'm sure if it, I'm sure if this was Jimmy who did this, uh, I'm sure he learned a huge lesson on on Sunday wow. during teams. 
So, so the New England Woodchucks have have two of the top players in the sport who are playing together. Jimmy Humans, who is one of the team captains, plays mm-hmm. with Kyle Malone, who was mm-hmm. the first overall pick, and and you know coming into the weekend, one of the top players in the world. Sure. So, so Jimmy uh, plays with Kyle, and for some reason, and and I pulled this out just to make sure I would say it. So, for some reason, Jimmy. And Kyle, when they did the lineup for Sunday, they put their match sixth. Yeah, they, they so, thought it would matter there. Yes, and and I I I get it, I get it. You know, you want to you want to maybe save that you know save that big hammer if you need it late. But mm-hmm. like I said on the broadcast, there's a reason you don't bat your best player seventh in the lineup in baseball. You don't you don't bury yeah. him in the lineup. So what happened was. Uh, they, they, they fell big. They fell down big so early that by the time Jimmy humans and Kyle Malone actually got a chance to throw, it didn't matter. The match was yeah. over. They already lost four games to one. So I, I guess, I guess it was just kind of interesting. And I want, I, I would love to, to talk to Jimmy. I didn't get a chance to catch up with him, um, after the game, but I will. And, and ask him if they're going to change that. I mean, if it were me, you know, if you, if you want to do that, Bernie, if you want to save your A team, your captains, your franchise players, you know, your top players in the in the world, but if you want to save them, I, I guess I could maybe see an argument to, to put them fifth. You know, maybe because you're because you're thinking you're probably going to get to that fifth matchup, right? You're you're hoping you're not going to get swept, four games to none. But I'm for sure not putting my best team sixth. Are you? Are you ever doing I, that? If I'm going to save them, I would save them for seven. If you're going to save them, otherwise they've got to be in your top four. Exactly. To guarantee so, I mean, if you're, you're, you're going to save, yeah, if you're going to save it, if you're if you if your thought is all right, we're saving them for late, then save them for game seven. If it if it truly is a deciding game, it comes down to that. Then you look like a genius. Otherwise, you got to keep them in your top four. Right. Yeah. I think, um, and I, I think I, anywhere I, in that four is fine. To be honest, because I think what you want to do is kind of shake up the other team every now and then. You want to put a team if they throw their best team out first, put a team that's maybe not your best team, but a solid team that you could see possibly beating them, then throw them there. I mean, you're always trying to steal points. You're not trying to go head on head. Like you don't, oh, there's their number one team. We're throwing our number one. That's not how you do that. You actually don't do it that way. You're, you're trying to steal points in there. And that's, it's, it's, it's interesting. I, th- I guess they were hoping they could steal some later, but your best team has to be in your top four unless you just believe it's going to go to seven, then you put them in seven. But yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're going to guarantee that they're going to be out there and uh, and make it, and that's where yeah, teams, they, and they that's where teams is a little different, and that's where teams is different because you really don't want your best team against their best team. If I'm a captain, I don't want that. I because there's a real possibility I may lose with my best team if I do that. You want to right. find a way to guarantee a win with your best team. And that's usually not by throwing against the other team's best team, usually. So you're trying to find ways to steal points, but I get why they did it. I just don't know if, I mean, quite frankly, I really really want to talk to, I really want to. They also had guys that just didn't play well. I mean, I don't think it would have mattered all that much had they played better, you know, but. Yeah, but it's, but you throw you know you throw Jimmy Humans and Kyle Malone up there in the second or third matchup and get a win and and I mean that that totally changes everything. Sure. In in the outcome of that matchup, so sure. that changes the confidence for everyone. I like that they were doing the whack a mole stuff. Oh my gosh, that was so funny on the broad on the broadcast. 
Yeah, the that benches were having were having fun. Yeah. By the way, that that was funny. I, I need I need you to say the word bench. Bench. Oh, there you got it. That I, that's so how much, I said that was, it the whole time. I think people just heard what they wanted to hear. That's that was so it. funny because because no 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 I, I was there. It sounded I was like there too. Said, it sounded like you said bitch. It was it I was so bitch. funny. Like so so we have starting lineups right, mm-hmm. and uh, for for those uh, well no yeah you wouldn't even see it if you're watching on TV because it's before the TV broadcast comes on. Bernie's Bert, yeah. like the MC. He's the PA guy. So so he introduces all the starting lineups. You know now for the Arizona Burn our mm-hmm. first matchup and you do a great job of it. But before you introduce the starters, you introduce the bench players. Yeah. And so and so it was so funny because of your accent and the way it comes through on the microphone. Um, it sounded like you say because you have to you have to introduce the 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 bench the bench, the bench players. players first. Yeah. yeah. And now for the bench players. That's I mean, right. it really sounded like you said bench. Your game up. I, I know that's what everyone told me. I, that's, whole, that's funny. I'm telling you, Bernie, the whole place died. And then and then when you said instead of saying well, I can't even say instead of, but when you said uh, players back to your benches, it sounded like you were saying players back to your bitches. I'm telling you, we could hardly. I mean, I was like, I had like That's tears funny. in my eyes. I was, <laughs> yeah. Being, being Southern has its problems sometimes. My <laughs> eyes, there? knees, yeah. But, but then Bernie gets his revenge. So, so on, uh, so I think that was Friday, right? Wasn't that Friday? When, because then on Sunday, yeah. when you went to do your starting lineups, you know, and before, before we get to the starters, let's first introduce your replacement players no they made me do that oh they made me do that they wouldn't let me say benches again yeah that was funny it did sound like you were saying bitch that's awesome god that was funny um you know i I made some notes about teams by the way uh one thing i well one of many things i love about this sport is all the stories behind the scenes um and again Broadcasting 16 teams with 16 players. Um, I'm getting a chance to learn a lot about different players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't find it now. I mean, I, I've got you've seen my charts. I mean, they are just yeah. they are a mess. I can't <laughs> see, but I mean, it's it's impossible to find it now. And I don't have my glasses, but I mean, th- th- we have players who have saved lives. We have players. Um, who's the guy that one of the guys is in the toy hall of fame. He, he basically was behind the scenes and an integral part of, um, of, uh, of the whole hot wheels craze back when you and I were younger, you might've heard me talk about it on the broadcast. I did. I heard you bring up hot wheels. I was all about it. I loved hot wheels. So funny. The kids around us who, who work for the ACL, a lot of the social media people and content team, as soon as I said, hot wheels, they're like, they're like, Will what? somebody get dad off the microphone, please? <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? Hot wheels. Yeah. I, I was dad, right there with him. Just talk I more, to him, please. But um yeah, I can't I can't find uh by the way, Connie Altice. This is another great story. So Connie, it, it, like I didn't realize that she's a military mom. She has three kids. Oh yeah. Her son spent nine and a half years um in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And uh and her she still has a daughter right now who's a fighter jet pilot. Yeah. I mean, just Connie. incredible. I mean, all these stories, it's just amazing. Yeah. Connie's pretty laid back. I yeah. asked her when when, I, when we had her in the uh, college football tour last year in, in uh, Penn State, and I was asking her, I was like, so what's it like having three kids essentially in harm's way, not just in the military, but in harm's way? You know, and yeah, she's like, well, correct. it's not very easy. <laughs> and, oh and, the only, gosh, you know, yeah. and how she speaks, right? So that was 
a very bland kind of statement for her. She's like, well, it's not very easy. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, bet she, not. You're not going to get a whole lot of her anyway. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. I've tried. But that's, that's, uh, Joe, that's Joe pretty Regan crazy. And, Joe Regan and Mark Burgess for the Woodchucks. These guys do so much local work for charities and food banks and for schools. I mean, taking the game, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, I mean, they're, the they're, they're taking the game to the people. Absolutely. Uh, Michael Lucas Jr. lost his dad to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's endless. I'm still, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going to look one more time here. Um, it's just, it's just, you know, they're, they're human beings, right? I mean, human beings yeah. have stories. And so any, anytime you have something that is made by and run by human beings, there's going to be cool stories there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing the number of stories. And, and I told this story on the air for those who haven't heard it. One of my favorites is just Bill Hadley. Um, I don't know if you heard me telling this story about being being a garbage collector in Chicago. No. Bill had Bill Hadley worked as a garbage collector. Really? really? Can't my hot, I can't find my Hot Wheels story. It's really pissing me off. <laughs> I'm so damn organized. I spend so much time working on these damn charts, and I can't find yeah. it. Well, not, you know not doing you know, it all that well. It's, yeah, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we get off the air, I'm going to be like, found it. Oh, there it anyway, is. Yeah. Whatever. So Bill Hadley worked as a garbage collector. And when you talk to Bill, he's such a nice guy and he doesn't care. I mean, he just, just, you know, I'm, I'm a garbage collector. I'm a garbage man. And uh, anyway, so he worked as a garbage collector for 27 years in Chicago. That's and crazy. finally, and finally decided he's like, what am I doing? Like, if I'm going to do this, why am I doing this in all this nasty weather? Like it was snowing and ice and, sure. you know, and, and he's like, what are we doing? So they up and moved to Surprise, Arizona. And he's been doing, uh, well, to do the same job. And then got a job as being a street sweeper in, uh, in Surprise, Arizona. So he's been down there now for seven or eight years. But he works as a street sweeper. He works uh, basically nine, I think, at night to seven in the morning. Is that what Bill Clean, Hadley cleans, does? Yeah, isn't it crazy? You would, never know you that. Would, you would never think that if you met Bill Hadley. I'm telling you, all these stories, you'd have no idea what all these people do. It's It's great. Uh, and I wish I had more time on the on the broadcast to uh, tell them. But that's the fun thing about the podcast. Sometimes we can throw these out there. Sure. Uh, that's a good one, though. Yeah. And he's such a nice guy and a really good player. And and, it's, and a senior, senior, champion. Uh, senior's senior world, world champion. champion. Yeah. So. Bagging Bill Hadley. I, I feel like I'm dominating. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm dominating the conversation, by the way. I mean, I could keep going. Is there anything you always do, Jeff? That, that, that's, that's what you do, man. It's good. <laughs> I do, I do talk for a living. So. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to pause I, and catch a breath because I because I've got another topic. That, that I, uh, you know, what? I'll go ahead and tell you the Tony Smith story. So in singles, okay, Tony was in our bracket, right? And he was playing so well, he got put down into the losers bracket fairly early, but then started winning and got on a run. Well, the problem with that is when you're coming back, and once we had already gotten to where Alex Rawls was had won the winner side of the bracket. He was waiting for the loser side to play out, but Tony Smith was on that side. So he had match after match and there's no rest when it gets like that. You're just, you're back on, you're back on, you're back on, you're back on. And I guess he just got tired because he up and quit against Fisher Hamilton. He got down and he got down early, like 10, one, 11, one, something like that. And he just kind of quit, just kind of started throwing all air mails, just kind of, just, and he, he said after the match, he's like, I was, I was hot. I couldn't, I couldn't cool off. He's like, I just, I wasn't in it anymore. Once I got down. Yeah. I just was done. 
So to, to then see him that night play the way he did and grind and not give an inch, I mean, it was kind of shocking to me that both players exist within that body. I bet it was. I, I didn't know that. I wish you would have told me that. That would have, that would have been that would have been good to know for the. Well, I, I mean, it's a pretty negative thing about Tony. I mean, he because he he quit. Well, I mean, I mean we would yeah we would, I wouldn't have said that on TV that he quit, but I would I would have talked about the fatigue factor because it's real. I mean, no, I mean, he got people, he he people said he, it just it, it was because like it's it's game at like usually you play a game you have a couple minutes you know kind of relax, you might get called to another court somewhere else, but you have a few minutes when losers bracket get like get get like that and they get deep and like you're playing and it's instantaneous it's match after match after match yeah. and he got stuck in that rut and i think he was just done and it wasn't like he was playing it was like harbaugh and then it was windsor and then you know he was going through these kinds of players where he's grinding 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 and he finally got to mm-hmm. fisher hamilton and was just like once he got down he was like i was done done he's like i was i was just done <laughs> I was, well, I, I was I watching wonder... it i was calling it and i was like Oh wow, he's not really even trying now. Like it was, it got bad, so he kind of quit on the match. And so to see him later that night be as dogged and as not giving an inch as any player you would have ever seen, it was just fascinating that that was the same player the same day. It was yeah. unreal. Like I, it's hard to believe. Well, he's still he's still a really young guy, and I wonder if he, if if he even he in just the didn't same have day, it. He, he, Learned from he that. just didn't have it in it. And, and that's what these players have to go through. We we talk about this all the time because people only see the broadcast and they don't really know. Unless you're really into the sport and you just see the broadcast, you don't really know what a grind it is to get to the broadcast. Yeah. It is an absolute meat grinder for them to get there. So sometimes along the way, it happens even to the best players in the world. They just, it's too much. And the grind got to Tony at that point. Mm-hmm. But maybe it was for the best because he ends up getting rested. And he comes back and takes part in one of the greatest matches in the history of the sport. So, pretty interesting. I thought that, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I wonder. I wonder if he gave himself a pep talk and learned from that in the middle of the day and said, "Listen, okay, suck it up. Like, if you are truly going to be one of the top players in the sport, like you want to be and get paid, you yeah. need to suck it up and get it done." I wonder if he went into that doubles matchup with the new mentality because of that. Yeah, or or he just was rested. <laughs> you know, because yeah. let's say he wins that match against Fisher, then he has to try and double dip Alex. I mean, it would have that's just, you know, those are long matches if you're if you're grinding like that. I and mean, that's that's tough. And then you'd have to put that down and then go right over to the to the arena. Right. Because if he would have yeah. done that, he would have been one of the last matches there. He would have had to come over to the arena. I don't think we would have seen that doubles match had he continued in singles yeah. out of him because there would have right. been too oh, much yeah, of a grind. Sure. Yeah. That's and that's what was so, that's sorry. That's what was so impressive about a Justin Burton Jr., the national before, doing singles and doubles because they're pl- it's yeah. a grind. It is yes. an unbelievable grind on those players. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, speaking of the broadcast, mm-hmm. um, so there was an incident during the broadcast on one of the graphics that I just want to address real quick, and then we'll get to our power rankings to to wrap up the show. Okay. Um, so it was during the doubles matchup and uh and and we were so when you're watching the TV broadcast um from the left side of your screen you'll see well, I don't know which way it is on this cuz I think this might be backwards but what whatever when you're watching when you it doesn't matter what sport you'll see you'll see something pop up that identifies a player and talk mm-hmm. it says their age their hometown and it has a sure. few career highlights it's called a slab 
So these slabs will pop up and you'll see some information on the player. I'll, I'll talk about it real quick and then it goes away. Well, there was a slab that popped up. I don't know if you heard about this with Mark Richards. And then there was a little bit of debate about it. Um, and rightfully so. Um, the slab came up and it said, Mark Richards, you know, Union Mills, Indiana, I think is what it is. Uh, 24, 26 years old. I can't remember how old Mark is. Um, and then under career highlights, one of the career highlights was blew a 20 to two lead <laughs> in the doubles of the, you know, of the world championship wow, in that's 2022. Rough. Now I just want people to realize that, that, um, I mean, when that, and I, and I'm, trust me, I'm not, I'm not trying to pass the buck on this. When, when you see stuff like that, the broadcasters don't write that. There are graphics people within the production team that do that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and, and sometimes they're sports fans and, and sometimes they're not. Um, but, but I just want to let people know that because we actually had a conference call yesterday, long calls, great call that we had with the, with the production people and with the, with the ACL and I'm on that a bunch of people are on it. Um, yeah, I'm not on that call apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's more of a, it's more of a, it's more of a TV thing to be honest with you. Uh -huh, yeah. But, um, but anyway, so, so that topic came up and uh and and i agree like you know if a broadcast and, and trey 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 even mentioned you know that they blew he, he said they blew it uh, and it went and i think trey had mentioned it before it even popped up on the graphic but you know trey said they blew the lead i think it's one thing for the broadcasters to, to talk about it that's part of their history right now and mm -hmm. it's part of their current history they know it mark knows it philip knows it and they're not shy about it, it sucks that it happened but they know they know that it happened, and when broadcasters talk about it, it's one thing. When it pops up on a slab and says "blue" with twenty, you know, twenty to two lead, I, I agree. So if there there are, there are people out there who didn't think that that was appropriate to be on a slab, I agree with you. I don't I don't think that I, I would almost consider that almost like a. Uh, the only thing that you could almost have said, like, a, like, a, like an opinionated, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think a, like that almost seems like a, a, a pejorative or like an, an opinionated yeah. word, you know? And, and so I wouldn't put those in slabs. It, it should I would, just be bullet points. It, it would have been fine. Had y'all known that they beat them to get to the, like they beat them, I think twice in their bracket in the tournament to get there. So they had, they had played it like they had. Yeah. And, Mark and Philip came back from it wasn't a big, but they think they were down 11 or 12 one in that match versus uh, Jay and Jordan earlier in the day and came back and won. And Jordan was getting chippy. We had it. I, I called it. We were streaming it. And we, we talked a lot about that. But that would have been something that could have been said that could have been answered to that slab. But yeah, yeah, that you would have yeah, so been I, there. I agree. I don't I don't think something like that should be on the slab. I don't I mean, think don't, so. Yeah, you don't. You don't see that in other sports. So I yeah. agree. For, for anyone, for anyone. Here's, here's your worst negative. <laughs> the worst thing that's ever happened to you in yeah, the right. sport so on your slab. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So, Thanks for so, all the anyway. wins that we made last year. But yeah, put that up there. Yeah. So anybody out there who saw that, who 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 made made them kind of cringe a little bit, I'm with you. I totally agree. And <laughs> and trust me, the the. the that that's been corrected behind the scenes. All right, you ready? We got to get going. You ready for yeah. uh, for our power rankings? I, I'll be honest with you. Thank God. I think it's your week to go first. And thank God that's this fine. this was this was hard because there a lot of shuffling, a lot of shuffling. All right, you ready? Hard. Yeah. All right. Uh, number uh, ten, I have a tie, and it was two oh, players that oh, actually, oh, I didn't actually know we had could to do that. Well, I didn't know we could do it either, but we're doing it today. Okay. Number ten is a tie, and they actually had to play each other, and the loser went one and two. And singles out early. Kyle Malone, Matt Guy. Yes, I saw Kyle that. Malone won. I mean, you know, that that's a tough 
at, look, two guys that had been in the top ten from the jump. You know, one went one and two, one went two and two. Not a not a great singles bracket for them. So, yep. but still, the talents there. I'm keeping them in hair hair of their teeth right now. Kamalo Mackay tied for number ten. Jamie Graham pops back in at number nine. Okay. All right. I was wondering I, if he was going to pop I, back. I told in you that I had a real serious conversation with him during bracket, uh, during singles bracket play. Yeah. He uh, is fired up. I mean, made it all the way to the final match. Could have been higher on the list because what we saw, I mean, taking out players like Mark Richards, taking out players like Jacob Gore, taking out players like Justin Burton Jr. to get to the broadcast. So he obviously proved he's still Jamie Graham, but he's in the top 10. Number, number eight. Should probably be higher, but just because it's my eighth spot and I, someone knew, Jake Gore. I got Jake Gore in as, welcome, as my number welcome eight. Welcome to the Jake Gore bandwagon. Yeah, Jake, Jake Gore deserves to be in. He's playing super well and singles I got, room for, I got room for you. It's okay. I got room for you. Number seven, Joe Nista, still there. I think Joe K is kind of – he's in that elite he, – he's in that top ten world now. That's just who he is. I think everyone recognizes it. I think he – and Jeremy Shermerhorn would like to not have that doubles match they had on TV exist out in the world. I think they were both really upset with how they played. But he's still, when you're talking best of the best, I've got him at number seven right now. Number six, Mark Richards. It's a little bit of a slide. I don't know if it necessarily needs a slide, other than the fact of the way that how some players played that moved up. You're in the top ten. You're, you're really good. Okay, so – but I've got him at six. Number five, Devin Harbaugh. Debated whether Mark should have been of Devin, been ahead of Devin right here. But Devin's still my guy. But played well. But, you know, that bracket was ruthless. But I, fifth, I think he got in his bracket. Bracket D, that's, that's pretty harsh. But I've still got him at five on my list. Number four, Tony Smith. Even with what I saw him do in a singles bracket, the way that he played the entire weekend – I've got him up number up, up a couple slots from last week. Number four, wow, number three, that. number three is kind of fitting in because I haven't had him on. I, I, you know what? I debated having Jake Gore and the person I have at number three reversed, but Alan Rawls back to back okay. bracket wins. You're a top four player in the up. world. Yeah. So there he is. Justin Burton Jr. Continues to play one another bracket. You know, loses to Jamie Graham to go on television in the semifinals. But, I mean, you yeah. semifinals are singles again. So, has to be there. And then Alex Rawls. He went through a gauntlet of a bracket, went through who he had to get through. is unreal. And he, and he did it impressively. It wasn't like he had a lot of close matches. Alex was, uh, Alex was super impressive last weekend. And he's I my number Alex one. I thought, uh, I thought Alex uh, was a guy who uh, – remember, remember when you and Wally made me pick? About halfway yeah. through the day, if I had to yeah. pick, and I, and I picked Alex Rawls because yeah. at that point in the day, he was the guy who was doing everything he wanted with the bags. Yep. All right, we got like 90 just, seconds left, so so I got to go. Isn't it funny? Because just last week, going into Erie, you and I were kind of questioning Alex Rawls. Yeah. Like, he, he needed a True. big, like, he needed a big uh, moment to Erie. Otherwise, otherwise, he was in danger of dropping yeah. out of our top 10. Yeah, and he did. So, Showed us okay. up. Okay, uh, mine, mine's, mine's totally different. Um, And shoot, yeah, just about got a minute and a half. So number 10... Um, uh, Tony Smith. 
I just I just really like the way he's trending. I think my theme for this week was was consistency. Which players have I seen that have been consistent so far through some of the shootouts and especially the two the two uh, nationals? So I got Tony Smith at number ten. Didn't do well, obviously Corpus Christi, but really trending well and yeah. has won a shootout now and a and a doubles. Uh, number nine. Um, I had Kyle Malone there. He had dropped to number nine. I actually took him out. So 10, Tony Smith, number nine, Caleb Batson. I think he deserves to be there. He's been so consistent. He's up to number eight in the world. He's top 10 in DPR and he lost to Allen twice. I mean, other than that, he was, he was, he was, yeah. he was great over the weekend and he's been great consistently. So, so Caleb Batson, number nine, number nine. Jake Gore at number eight. Uh, you know my thoughts on him. Matt Guy at number yeah. seven, even though it was disappointing. Obviously losing in the first round, he then won five straight. Still a good performance. Still a great player. Joe Neistat at number six. Uh, Alan Rawls, I've got him in my top five now, making it to the final four, number two in the world. He's got to be there. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it. Yeah. Mark Richards finished third in his bracket. I'm putting him at fourth. Uh, lost to Jamie Graham and, and Jake Gore. Devin Harbaugh, I'm doing number three. Alex Rawls, I'm keeping at number, or, or, or is up to number two for me. Um, and then I'm going to keep Justin Burton Jr. at number one right now. Again, for everything you just said. You know, yeah. he he was he was the number one player coming out of, of, of Corpus Christi. And even though he didn't win win both like he did at Corpus Christi, still made it to the final four in singles, made it to the broadcast in doubles. They didn't play well. He liked to have that back, but still great performance. So I'm keeping Justin Burton Jr. number one for uh, for another week. We'll see. Well, there you go. Whew. Nice. We made it. Rifle through that. I like it. Um, yeah, so Jamie Graham, not in mine. Not in my top 10. As soon as, I, as soon as I finished writing that, I was like, oh, my God, he's still not in it. Yeah. Uh, wow. But again, consistency is the theme. He played. He played. He. I, I was. I was really. I was really um, happy to hear your conversation with him and how he responded. But yeah. you know, consistency. Well, you know, I want not, now. 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 I'm saying I want to see Jamie Graham do it again. What the heck? All right. <laughs> Crazy sport. All right, bud. Have a great vacation. A few days off for you. All right, man. I appreciate it. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see. Well, we'll see in Mesa. So congratulations yeah. to your daughter. But uh, see yeah. you in Portland. See you in Portland, buddy. All right. Have a good trip. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. All right. Bye, everybody.